This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, and it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Uh, just to want to go ahead and top Mike's uh, baseball discussion. Oh. As Mike didn't even know this until I told him. Kyle Bradish from Baltimore uh, has a sprained UCL, received a PRP inj- injunction. I don't know what that means. I think that'd be injection. Uh, right? and that makes sense. So he's he's one of their their stud starters. And Mike, I think we were looking at him going, they have five. They have six. Did you see the other thing on John Means? Oh, yes. I did see the thing on John Means. Read that. Uh, he's a month behind the rest of the pitchers as camp starts due to the left elbow issues. Expected to start the season on the injured list. Means missed most of 22 and 23 due to Tommy John on the left elbow. So yeah, they're expecting and he's left-handed too. So yeah. if you're wondering if it's right, if he's right-handed, not a big deal, but he's left-handed. So it's a bigger deal. So yeah. Otherwise I don't feel like he would have been emphatic about read that part. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nobody's so. ever torn their UCL on their opposite arm. Have they? I do feel how much would that bother you pitching? I'm not saying you couldn't pitch, but I don't know. It's a good question. That's why you Darvish always worked on both arms so that he could pitch. He's still UCL. No matter what, you know, <laughs> well, Wow. I don't know if it worked out quite like that. Corey. And but yeah, Bradish- Gunnar Henderson, my dark horse to win the MVP this year. Oblique, bugging oh, him. No, that gummit. Well, so actually, I, that's good for us. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him to get hurt. But so hold on, the Orioles might not be that good to start the season. Hell yeah! Because of injuries. Now, who Spending, knows where they'll be? By that's mid- such a tough division. Texas. Tampa yeah. won that division. They finished second. New York obviously added Juan Soto and a few other pieces, but Juan Soto, obviously their main piece. Boston's okay. They're not going to win a division. Toronto's going after it. The one thing the Rangers have, and I know you don't get to play as many games, is you do have the Angels and the A's for 24 games. Yeah, that's I hate, true. I hate saying this, but, man, you go 20-4 and four in those 24 games. That That's really tough to look at, let's say, Baltimore and say, hey – Boston's the worst team. Boston has a chance to be 500. I don't think the Angels or the A's have a chance to sniff 500. The, uh, so Bradish will be missing the first part of the season here. And effectively, he was their number one pitcher said, by the end of last year. And they said year. Means won't be ready for opening yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. I, th- they did a smart thing by going to get Corbin Burns. Like that was a smart. That he's their number one, and everybody gets pushed down. But like that's effectively what you were looking forward to was a dominant rotation there. And unfortunately, this is the part of the year where you have to face it. Spring training is going to humble every single team one one way or another. It sucks. I'm not hoping that it happens whatsoever, but something is probably going to happen. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, right? I mean, right now they might be looking at us and going, "Look at all those pitchers yes. already that won't yes. pitch," and then yes. Corey Seager. They're optimistic he'll be ready for opening day. The Mike Zimmer spoke yesterday, and 
uh, they asked him about Micah at one point, and he was like, look, I haven't even talked to Micah yet, so I don't really want to tell you guys what I'm planning to tell Micah before I tell him on how I would like to use him. Right. Because I would like to tell him Ooh. and then him have the conversation about how he would like to be used and be say, all right, well, let's work on this together. Question. What? Do you think their first conversation will take place live on his podcast? No. Okay. But I do if like. If Micah had his way, it would. I do like the the idea. Uh, he says he, people are like, oh, he hasn't even picked up a phone to call his best player yet. Yeah, no. Why would you? Like you, I'll I'll see him soon, and whenever I see him, we'll talk. And whenever he shows up in this building, we'll have that conversation. I kind of like a little bit of, of discomfort when it comes to that. Okay. And we were talking about like that's one of the things I do think this team needs is a little bit of discomfort Agreed. that sends them in a motivating direction. Now I don't know, Mike. I know. I don't know if he's the answer to everything, but I like having a little bit of discomfort in that room that feels pretty comfortable. That being said, this is Mike Zimmer talking about coaching great players. The ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. You know, they, they want to be coached. Now, you know, there there's a lot more social media. There's a lot more of the uh, outside stuff going on. But, you know, the ones that I w- I've been around, the young guys, the ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. They want to study. They want to they want to understand, you know, how they can get better. And to me, that's what the, most all the great players, they want to know how can you make me better. And, and I just w- wanted to pose that question to you guys. In your history around some of the best players that you've seen, did you do you agree with that assessment that they they want they want you to pick at what they do? Yes. And and they don't look at it as criticism of you're you're hurting my feelings. They look at it as criticism of I gotta be better so that never comes out. I think yes men in any business will take somebody's potential for greatness away. Absolutely, I really do. Yeah, that, no, I, I, I've always, I've always felt that if you're, if you are, if you establish that you are here to make them better, and multiple times yesterday, Mike Zimmer used that, he used that phrase of "I, I want to make them better." Coaches, a lot of times, they're, you know, and I saw this quote earlier, Mike. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you coach kids, and I thought this was a really interesting quote. Uh, pull up. Bad coaches talk too much, and they spend more time yelling than actually teaching. Great coaches have the ability to communicate something complex and make it simple in less words and lower volume so that the athletes can understand it and apply it. Huh. I like that sen- like those couple sentences. Yeah. I think, uh, that's, I think that's something that almost like, as a coach, you'd almost want that on a wall somewhere. So when you walk out of your office area, that you're like, just remember – this is how I have to try to get my message across as quickly and as possible. Uncomplex. Yes, but I also think the best coaches, they can teach the exact same thing with different wordage to different people. Yes. Because if I might say this... Did you say wordage? Sure. Okay. I just want to make sure I heard that right. That's my new favorite word. So if I... If I tell a kid, hey, I need you to reach out to the catcher further. I need your your arm. I'm left-handed. I'm showing it because I'm when I'm teaching, I'm showing, I need that arm to reach out as far as you can. I might say, hey, have you ever seen the Fantastic Four? 
some okay. kids might say, yeah. I want you to be like Mr. Stretch. I forget his name in the Fantastic Four or whatever. Is it, it is. Mr. Fantastic? Yeah, but I want you to stretch Mr. that Incredible. arm out where you like touch it. Now I'm saying it a different way. I want you to like touch that catcher when you finish and let that arm finish. The other one, my dad says that sometimes tells, I want you to get pizza on the back. I want you to serve pizza on the back. Now, all of it is trying to get extension as far as I can. I'm trying to say different things because if he's not getting it, I'm trying to see how can I get this kid for me teaching kids to he's visualize what he needs to do to reach out further like something like that how do i keep his chin up you know type of deal when you're so there's yeah chin up is the easiest way to say it but if the chin's not saying up when i say chin up how can i how can i do this different hey think of the top of your cap that button on the top of your cap the catcher cannot see that button on your hat when you're throwing this ball yeah i, I think that's i think that's he's dead on about the everybody learns differently everybody needs to be coached differently sure and the ability to recognize what they need, like what is the thing that that player needs right now, not only from the fundamental. Sometimes the dude just needs to practice his fundamentals, and you have to do what Wash does. And you have to go practice the fundamentals with them. Sometimes they need a little extra motivation uh, for that week. Hey, hey, man, I heard this dude across the way thinks that you're sorry. Like, what are you going to do about it this week? And, Kevin, you talk about that all the time. Like, CeeDee Lamb, does he need that extra motivation that week? Yeah. And so that's where... I have no clue how Mike Zimmer is going to approach this, but I do like hearing him say he's not afraid to coach great players because he thinks they want to be coached. They want that extra. You're the, we talk about Mike, uh, Mike Maddox. He's the one watching what you're doing wrong. And then walks out there and goes, Hey, just do this one little thing. And then the next thing you know, he's, you're striking out the next guy. He, you got to tr- have a great trust that your coach does want what's best for you. Here's the other thing that I think is tough at professional levels, which is easy at high school and college levels. If let's just say I'm going to make this up. Let's just say Micah Parsons isn't doing what you're asking of him. You're asking him to, to hold the edge and then go attack the quarterback. And he's not doing that. He's just attacking the quarterback and then you're getting gashed in the run game. Can you bench him? Now, you can in high school really easily, and you can in college because you're the authority. But then after the game, would you ever in a regular season game to make an example out of this? Because you can lose because the guy makes more money than you. He can get you fired. Do you go, hey, how come you had Micah out for a whole series? Yeah. He said, I was trying to make a point. Greg Popovich would do this. I just don't know if you can do this with Jerry Jones at the helm and Micah Parsons being the player. Could you ever say, you know what? I sat him out a whole series to let him know, I've told you this three different times in three different games, and you are not following the game plan. You are now going to sit out a series, and when I put you back in, if you don't, if you do whatever you want to do again, I'm going to take you out, and then I'm going to mention it to the public when they say, "How in the world could you have Micah Parsons out for eight straight plays?" And I would say, "Hey, we've gone over this. I've tried going over this with him. He's not following our game plan, and he's doing whatever he wants. So, yes, I sat him out because he is not. Now, that embarrasses the player publicly, and now the player has to defend why is he not doing what the coach wants him to do? Why is he putting the team in harm's way to just do whatever he wants to do? That would be really tough for Micah to handle, but Micah might quit on you. That's that's, the tough thing. Or he might go tell Jerry, fire him, and Jerry usually does whatever – the players want. And that's where you really have to have your finger on the pulse of the dude. And, and that's where Mike Zimmer, his conversations or whatever standard he sets with Micah right out of the gate and the rest of the guys in that locker room, it has to, he, they have, he has to earn their trust quickly. 
And at the same time, he has to be able to let them learn and know that he has their best interest in mind when he's trying to do these things. But they have to trust him. Very much like Boach. They trusted Boach, right? Yeah. Immediately they trusted Boach. Somebody said from the 469, how did Jimmy Johnson as the Cowboys head coach ever win a Super Bowl? He didn't walk around holding hands, singing Kubaya, and being everybody's friend. But if you listen to Jimmy Johnson talk, he says, I knew I could say this to Michael Irvin yep. and this to Troy Aikman and this to Emmett and this to Jimmy Jones uh, and this to Roper. You know, he knew, hey, Sherman Williams, you're done, dude. Sorry. Not Sher- Sherman. Yeah. You're done, buddy. See you later. I know I can. I, there are certain guys I can. I have different levels. He got to know each one of those guys and what the pulse was for each of them. And how much has the athlete changed in the last 30 years? Were you going to say Derek Lassick? Yeah. But I will say this. Yes, have we, the athlete has changed, but it also hasn't changed. They're still humans. You know, I think There's for the, a lot of money now. I, I mean, yeah. I, and I don't like coaching this way and I don't like being coached this way, but at some point you can coach with fear. You can't coach with it with, to your point, you can't do it with Emmett Smith, but I can do it with Sherman Williams. I can do it with Derek Lassick. I can do it with Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't want to do that, but it's kind of a last resort. I always feel like the last resort is. I can do this. It's easier to do it in college because you can re- you have 79 people on a scholarship and only 14 of them play it feels like. And but a lot like, of their know, like, NFL players right, in in the balance. I, I can I go it. I can go uh into the transfer portal in 2 months and just replace you type of deal. You can't tell a, some of your players making a certain amount of money guaranteed. I can't go tell you know, certain players this, but I can, and that's what Jimmy Johnson understood. I do have the majority of these players. I can coach through fear, but to your point, you can't coach that way. Jimmy coached the way he did it a lot, but I do think at times you can do it. The uh, Kevin, we were alerted this morning that this is making a comeback. Watch the series finale of X-Men next Saturday morning. Check your local listings. I'm grateful to have the chance to say goodbye. I am proud of you all, my X-Men. Fate lies in our hands now. 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 And it is now time for X-Men 97 to make its return. Now, Kevin. Uh, This is X-Men cartoon from the 90s. Is he in yellow and blue? Yes. Yes. Whenever you see that picture of Wolverine longingly looking at a picture that gets replaced with whatever that's from this X-Men show and Kevin I, I know I told you I couldn't remember exactly what the what it was but the teaser from the Marvels does have something to do with X-Men so oh. just be I'm sorry I don't, don't want to ruin that for you or anything but I think it's just fine but I'm this s- is a this is a cartoon I love okay and now and Kevin this morning was like hold on the, the Wolverine voice is different I he think it's the same different I okay. think it's the same but I loved this this uh cartoon back in the day I think Kevin rewatched it when we were still on nights yep he went back and rewatched the entire that series show is awesome and so this is new episodes yep right of of that era of X-Men right there and it sounds like they have most of the same people back to do the voices here's what I'm worried about and concerned about I'm burnt out on Star Wars, and I'm burnt out on all of this. I say Marvels, but even the other side of it, yeah, DC. DC. Yeah. Marvel hooked me. I'm, I don't I'm know. In there needs life. to be like a ten-year hiatus where we actually want these things again. <laughs> right. I don't know. Like every two months, like guess what, a new one, and I'm like, I don't. Maybe that's what they're doing by going back to the past. They're like, this is not going to be a continuation of this other thing. Let's give you some nostalgia built in. I, I don't know. I loved this show 
so I'm interested. Yeah. Are I, you not tired though of of all this? I'm following. I'm not saying maybe this one, but are you not like? I'm still in on all of them. I okay. watch all the you shows. You watch like the on, last. I tried to watch Black Panther on the plane. Yeah, I loved it. I was 20 minutes into it. I turned it the off. The Marvels like, was care. what it was. I get it. There's a lot of girl power in it, and that's that's perfectly fine by me. It's so, it's something. Maybe that, I am turned off by that, but I feel like I'm more turned off by like they did it. They beat Thanos. Yeah. Oh no, I I get the whole like mindset of how many how many of these villains can you actually take down and the the concepts of different angles with it. But I, they hooked me and I'm like I'll just keep watching them. I'm, I'm I'm fine with it. So and now with the Deadpool thing coming back into the loop too, there's even more of this like intrigue. So I'm cool with it. But this cartoon I will I will watch. And Kevin also, EA Sports dropped a teaser. For college football 2025. I haven't seen that. I did hear that. Though. That is, there is a teaser out there for college football 2025, and NCAA 2000 was 2K was that was it, dude. We played it all the time. We played NCAA all the time, and I'm I'm actually kind of curious. Was it the mechanism in which you played that you liked the the shape of the game, the way that it moved, or was it like imagining you were Tim Tebow or imagining you were I don't know exactly why, but we loved college football back in the day on the PlayStation. I think it was imagining you were that particular player, mm. but I'm curious to see what the feedback will say. So there you go. That's uh, some a couple things that are making a comeback. Baseball talk and greatness talk all in one segment. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, draft, trade, or hold. What should these franchises do at quarterback? Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Third down and goal. Fields flings that corner more. Touchdown Bears. Right in front of Jesse Bates. And Chicago scores first. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Looking ahead to the offseason and what these teams should do at quarterback. Now, you can tell me what you think they will do, but I'm kind of curious, what do you think they should do? I don't know. Just tell me the teams. Okay. We'll start with Chicago. Ooh, they're uh, they're going to draft Caleb Williams. Is that what you would do? Uh, I would make my team better around the quarterback I have, but I understand if you fall in love with a quarterback, you're going to do everything you can. I also I'm also fascinated by nobody's calling them and offering them other stuff for this pick. Right. Uh but yeah, I I would probably stick with the quarterback I have and I've screwed him up though. I've my my team's already screwed that whole situation up. It's a great question. You're taking Caleb, right? I think so, but obviously I want to interview him. I want to work him out. I want to do all of these things. Now, if everything points towards he could be the next Patrick Mahomes. I know that's too high of a of a standard. But I know Justin Fields isn't going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. I already know that. Does it mean he can't be the next Joe Burrow or the next yeah, Josh no, Allen? I I, maybe he can get to that standard. That's that's 
in question. I already know the the question has been answered. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. Who knows who will be? It might be 20 years from now that we find the next. You can at least still see a viable path that like yes. CJ Stroud could be. I'm not, not yes. saying that he would, but through one year, you're like, maybe. Yeah. So I, I look at Justin okay. Fields and I go, all right, we want to reset the quarterback the quarterback kind of clock, right? Because you have a better chance of winning when the dude's in the first five years of his career. It's really weird. You have a better chance of him winning in the first five years of his career than year six through 10, because he takes the jump up by the time Caleb Williams becomes a free agent. It'll probably be $70 million a year. You're paying a quarterback. I don't know if that's maybe too high, but it just keeps going up about two to $4 million each year. That's why I think that you're going to be close to a five year, $300 million contract here. Probably next month, that's what you're going to see our quarterback get here uh, in Dak Prescott. So I lean towards if Caleb Williams, they believe, is the next guy, they will do that. But if not, then I would stick with Justin Fields and go, look, he might still be able to get to that that second tier. And there's only one quarterback on tier one. So you also try and, you know, as a head coach, like this dude has gotten rid of lots of coaches and – to keep your job, attach yourself to a quarterback. Okay. And so getting a new quarterback and saying, hey, this is where we're going to go gives you two, three years. Well, then that ties in to our next one, the obvious one, Washington. Do you go May? Do you go Jaden Daniels? Do you try to trade up to one? Do you trade down and say, I'm not in love with either one of those quarterbacks. Let me bulk up my draft you know, stock. What do you guys think? stockpile there we go i wish that i had to my first one is Corey. i'll answer real quick i just wish i had more information on these two guys right now to make a really strong opinion okay or at least read more people like broadus i know he's not writing anymore or um athletic why am i drawing a blank dane brugler yeah dane brugler like when dane says there's a separation here or this or that it gives me a better idea um you know dan quinn is a defensive coach uh I would I would invest in quarterback there, okay. And because I think most of the quarterbacks they've had throughout Terry McLaurin's career have been, well, I mean we hope uh, we hope he's okay. And I don't know if they really believe in Sam Howell there after you know last year he had a lot of yards. Uh, there was a lot else involved there, but I would invest in a high caliber quarterback because I think you have quality receivers on that team and a really good running back or a, a, a duo of good running backs that I think you can work with. So I would invest in the quarterback position there. I've only seen highlights of Drake May, and I get his highlights are good. (laughs) Right. The numbers aren't close. I'm looking at a mock draft here. The yards are close. Quarterback rating, Drake May, 149. Jaden Daniels, 208. When it looks to completion percentage, he completes about nine nine more percent of his passes, 72.2 to 63.3. Touchdowns and interceptions, Jaden Daniels, 40 touchdowns, four interceptions. Drake May, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Now, I get this, that it's not all numbers, but why is Drake May considered better than Jaden Daniels? I, You watch more They're college football foot than four. me. Because so, of Josh Allen. I, like, that, that's just one of my thoughts is... He, com- he comps to Josh Allen? Not is that Drake what you just May said? Not necessarily that. I mean, although I do see some similarities with the arm strength, but 
I, I think people were like, we undervalued Josh Allen because of some of those specific college numbers. But you brought up an interesting point because you have seen that tighten a lot where some people are like, no, 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 no. You go Jaden second for sure. Whereas for a bulk of the year, I feel like every time we talked about this, we'd be like, Caleb or Drake. And now you have seen tight, 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 to which some people think it'll go one, two, three quarterbacks. Other people think Jaden is the person that you should go with yeah. at number two. So, I mean, Jaden Daniels played a much tougher schedule, agreed. too. He was in the SEC, uh, North Carolina, you know, played Duke. That's probably an easy game to rack up numbers. Hey, Didn't do okay. So, anyways, I just, I just wondering when I just look at this, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. They both are. 6-4, they both are pretty much the same size. One dude won the Heisman and has much better numbers, but the other guy's considered the consensus right now, number two quarterback. Now, this will – go ahead. The other th- one other thing when it comes to quarterbacks, Kevin, that I'm always fast – because Prodis will tell you, he thinks it's the most difficult one to sure. to judge. But I feel like the history of the draft pretty much confirms that. All the him. throws, all the thing you can watch all those things, and then Prodis comes back with, you know, I did watch – this Trevor Lawrence kid in this situation, it was a tough situation. He just didn't quite respond the way I expected him to. And that's where I'm like, oh, you know, like that's the other thing is go watch them when they're at their worst too and how they are and how they're, what they're doing with their teammates in those situations. Like that'll, that can help you, you know, get, uh, get navigate this a little bit when it comes to the Drake maze. Can you make all the throws? Yeah. Can Jaden Daniels do all this too? Yeah. All right, what are the things that are going to separate these guys when it comes to their personality with their teammates? I didn't know this about Washington. Not only do they have the number two pick, but they have pick 36 and 40. So that's the fourth pick in the second round and the eighth pick in the second round. So if they wanted to move up to one, it's very easy just to do it through this draft pretty much. But if they like that quarterback at number two, they can still improve their team in the second round with two top-tier picks in the second round. For New England, then, and I, I do, I will I will say, I do understand the comps of May to Herbert okay. as well. I, I was like, I didn't hear you whenever no, you, no, but no, I, I, I misheard you. I, I think people are judging it like they oh, did. Oh, because you're like, lanky, we, raw quarterback. And like, we made a mistake there. Okay. Same thing for the Patriots, then. Do you say, we'll take whoever's available at three do you try everything you can to go one or two? Or if you're like, hey, if one of the quarterbacks we like falls, great. If not, we're going Harrison or whatever. Different sport, but it was the draft where Boston had the first pick, and they were like, great news. We think Jason Tatum's the best player in this draft, and everybody thinks it's Markel Fultz. And we know we can trade back to three and get the guy we want. I don't know this about... New England, if they really like all three quarterbacks, if they're like, dude, there's, it's just tough to separate these three guys. Are we really like this about this guy, but don't like this? And it's just, then you say, just sit at three and take the guy that's still there. We don't have to give up anything, and we don't believe there's separation. I find it difficult, if I'm a scout, not to separate these three guys. I feel like I'm not doing my job. If I say all three are different, but all three are the same, I would feel like I'm not doing my job as a scout. Some people brought up an an intriguing point, and I hadn't even factored this into the discussion, is how good Malik Neighbors is, the wide receiver for LSU. So some people are, they're they're not knocking. he's the sixth pick in this mock draft. And they're not knocking Daniels for that, but they're just like, 
that could be another reason for separation because look at who he's throwing the ball to. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about that with Tua. And then Joe Burrow kind of slaps that in the face, too. He's like, I had the best receivers, but I'm also a badass. So Fair. The, I, I will, fair, fair. Dan Quisenberry, Michael Penix has a dude in the top nine yeah. picks, too, at, at wide receiver. Ryan Thomas is good at LSU as well. The When it comes to the Patriots, I don't I'm fascinated with this because will they stick with the Bill Belichick way of building a team or is Mayo coming in with a whole new set of ideas? Like that's if he's just like, no, I can just keep carrying this torch because the way that Bill Belichick ran that team, iron fist. And I'm wondering if Mayo's like, look, I don't need great players. I just need good scheme. And then we'll we'll work it out from there if he's like, no, I need great players. Because in, in New England, I think you kind of have to build a lot more now. Uh, rather than just quarterback. But you're up here high enough to, to make that move. But I, I would probably wait till a little bit later. I'd say let's do it the same as Bill Belichick. Let's just get the next Tom Brady because that seemed to really help out everything else. Right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm very interested in that new uh, that new Fair. documentary that they have coming or docu-series they have coming out yeah. because it does sound like, I think I heard Sean say this morning, Brady was like an abused dog that just kept going back to Belichick over and over oh, because no, like, yeah, and it was just one of those he just kept going back, and so they played for Tom Brady. You know that line is we were co- we we worked for Belichick, but we played for Brady. But Brady just kept going back there, and then finally he breaks free, and it sh- and shows that he's still that good. So I do wonder if it was Brady still trying to learn and saying, "Have I learned everything yet?" Am I good enough without this guy? And can I do all these things? Or do I just want to be here in New England? And then it goes on. So I'm very interested in that. I know Mike said that, but he wasn't always great. He grew, but he he did grow his greatness. If you're the Vikings, do you just accept that you're damaged, Kirk Cousins is damaged, but you can be damaged together? Or do you... Because you have Justin Jefferson now, and you know that Kirk Cousins can, like, get you by but is that good enough or are you going to waste a year or two of jefferson saying we're building it back up for better you're going to hate this question what's the difference between the vikings and the cowboys you just said justin jefferson we have cd lamb you can say jefferson's better but you have a premium wide receiver that has about another seven or eight years left of greatness you have a quarterback that's proven that they can make the playoffs on a pretty consistent basis, but then get hammered once they make the playoffs because they're not good enough to compete at that level, but they're good enough. They're better than the majority of quarterbacks. They're just not good enough to compete against playoff teams. Look, I actually, to that top-line point, don't think there's as much of a difference as maybe some other people are, but I have a much harder-line stance on what the Cowboys should do. Like I've said, yeah. whether it's adding ghost years or whatever, I think you should... Just roll with Dak this year with no extension. I think you're wasting everybody's time with working Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. He's better than 16 other quarterbacks approximately in the NFL. If there's 32 of them, there's your line. I guess he's better than that. He ain't better than the guys that really compete for championships. If we're just trying to make the playoffs and that's your whole goal for your your organization, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are just fine. If your goal is to actually win a championship – I can't have them there unless Kirk Cousins says I'll take $20 million a year. I know who I am. I know I'm better than the majority, but there's no way to build a team around me to win unless I take a $30 million pay cut, and he shouldn't do that, and Dak shouldn't do that. It's the only way to build a team around those quarterbacks is to ask them to take a $30 million a year pay cut to give you a chance. Let me ask you about one more quarterback if he fits in this category then. What about Jared Goff? 
because Jared Goff has a year left on his contract. It feels like they're building something in Detroit, and but what, what number is he at salary wise? Thirty one is the cap hit okay, for this I will, year. I will up Dak Prescott and I will up Kirk Cousins to approximately thirty million dollars, and I you think, think you can build a team okay. around them that can compete for a championship. As soon as they go over that number, you're finished because they're not good enough to make the money and then carry a team. So. I would stick with Goff right now, but if Goff wants $55 million a year, I go, guess what? That's what Dak makes, and Dak gets his ass hammered every time in the playoffs because he ain't good enough to compete at that number. St. Brown's about to get 25, so in that somewhere in that range. You're going to have like. to factor in. I mean, and all those teams, Danielle Hunter wants to get paid. If you go to the Cowboys, CD and potentially Micah want to get paid. Like, all the, all only these, so much pie. Yeah. It's a horrible position yeah. to be in and when you have Dak Prescott's and Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff's. You're in a good position with Goff because you got him on a contract that you have 20 more million dollars to spend. Yep. And if you can, if he wants to do that, Dude, Goff, I'll sign you to a five-year contract right now. I'll up you to $35 million for what you've done so far because the cap will go up. I'll give you a percentage of what the cap goes up per year, but I can't do more than that because you can't compete with the best quarterbacks in this league. And this is why I say that I think Jerry and I have distinctly different ideas of all-in because I 100% think you can make a run next year without extending Dak Prescott by flipping a lot of switches on contracts and going all in. Your salary cap's going to be like the Mavericks draft position the next several years. It's going to be effed, but you'll mm. be in a position to add more people if that's what you want. Do you need to do a, like a PowerPoint? Do you just need to have like a board like to draw on? What do you need to I'll present I'll tell them. This? I'll do the legwork. We can do it at spring training. I like just, it. You got to present this at spring, or not spring training, at training camp. It'll be too late then. He'll already have his $300 yeah. million dollar extension. So we yeah. need to get in there now. I got a guy. Okay. You better okay. get but, in there in a hurry. I think spring break for Highland Park is about <laughs> four to three weeks so away. So they're going to want that done beforehand? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here Matter on 105 through the Fan. Coming up next. Let's chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bag Nation right here on 105 Through the Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. A quick update for you about the parade shooting yesterday. The police chief spoke, said they believe it was not a plan but stemmed from a dispute during the parade between a variety of people, including two juveniles who are in custody and that's what led to the shootings as opposed to a specific plan that we're going to this event to do X, Y, and Z. So just wanted to throw that update out there since the Kansas City Police have been talking about it this afternoon. Right now, courtesy of DNM Leasing, it is time for our chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bag Nation. Gentlemen, how is ya? Peggy, we are rolling. How what are you? Is wrong? No, hold on. What's going on over here, Kevin? He's holding that I, microphone in his hand. Because I broke it this morning. I didn't mean to. Oh, I no. swear I thought I just like tried to turn the mic and it just kind of fell apart. It really, to me, felt like that thing where you glue the vase back together and your mom looks at it and it just falls apart. And you're like, what'd you do? And, like, that's what it felt like to me. So you're saying somebody set you up. That. Yeah. I don't know if they were trying to set me specifically up, but All they right. were. I believe somebody has covered their tracks on I think it was Blake last night, probably. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. He's new. He Very young, aggressive, strong. I think Hagee just doesn't know his own strength. Yeah. 
I think we got a Bam Bam situation on our hands. <laughs> bam Bam. <laughs> You'd pick oh. up a dinosaur, dude. How did he do that? That is tremendous. Now, I don't know if y'all have talked about this already, but this is one of my favorite quotes ever from Sauce Gardner about how magic has him done with Las Vegas. And Corey, it seems like, do you support him? I'm with him all the way on this. <laughs> okay. Your reality is one thing, and then somebody is like, nope. It reality's not real, and now you're holding a glass block instead of a deck of cards, and it just freaks my mind out. I've decided it really is magic, and they come up with these like plausible explanations, like don't tell them it's really magic. It's really mirrors and this. There's just no way you could do it consistently without anybody ever catching you. Mm. I mean, we can't even like, you know, I, you know, I, 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 we, we, we never catch them. You know, yeah. they never. But society can't handle. Knowing that people among us can Thank be you. magic, right? Thank you, Hagee. No, like, I, I always think about men in black, and they're like, oh, people are smart. And he goes, Tommy Lee Jones, a person is smart. People, and if you just announced today, this just in, there is magic. We have learned that X number of people around the world can do magic. I feel like people would freak that Did you say out. that the X-Men around the world can, because you're, so you're saying X-Men could be. Yeah, and how did that go? They have to deal with all <laughs> kinds you. of crap in those Didn't movies. go well, actually. Yes. Professional basketball players on average can't even make 80% of their free throws after practicing their entire lives. But this dude can take away your entire deck of cards, put it behind his back, spin it, find the exact card, put it on top of the deck, put it in your front pocket. Without you even realizing anything happened, and then Every and time. then nope. throw the deck up against a window, and the one you autographed is on the other side of the window. But you never saw anybody stamp that to the window. And then no, yeah, nobody came and took those from him. And then no, and then no, and then no, and then. Okay. They made a, How many you people magicians made reference? a deal with the devil? Uh, I would think they're more divine than the devil. Maybe you know there are a secret network of holy figures running among us. They're all you know Jesus returned. And they're just waiting for the perfect time to unveil it at a comedy fest. I'm really <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> Jesus returned to run a magic show. Comedy can be healing. Okay. Yeah, a little so bit of both. Jesus. Yeah. We're, inter- so we're, sad, we're interrupting though. this Nate Bargetsy set for the magicians to come out here and tell I, you I'm what's not, about to happen. I'm just not buying their explanations. Okay. Nobody does something that precise, that perfectly, consistently, time and time again. Okay, follow-up question to this. Would you ever be concerned about, because when we were in Vegas, I did go to a magic show. I don't want to be called on stage because I'm afraid I'm going to mess something up. Yes. Would you want to get called up on stage or are you like, no thanks? Corey, no. you're saying yes. I want to be part My, of it. I feel like I'm going to be sawed in half. Yes. Or I, the anxiety is too, too real for me. I do not want to be part of this. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. I'm going to let somebody else do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So would you, like, let's say you were there with somebody on a date. Would you like if they're like you, sir? Would you be like? Would you point to your date and be like, sure, no, no, go ahead. absolutely. She's a lot more appealing to the eye yeah. than I am. Come yeah. on, would you? I don't think so. No, because you I think it could watching. really happen. I just I want to watch the show. I don't want to be part of the show. Yeah, you know. Do you do that same thing at comedy clubs? Do you try to like sit yes. back yes. so they don't pick on you? Don't let me. Don't let me go up there. No. Hey, Brian, what do you do? Oh, I'm on the radio. Oh, radio. You know, and also they start making fun of you and all that things. No, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of that. No. Yeah, those comedians that get up there and they're like, if you're sitting up here in this front row, you are in roast zone. Like, I, I will oh, no, be roasting you. That spotlight all of a sudden comes <laughs> I on. I don't want that. Tonight. Boom, right yeah. on your seat. You're your like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I did see a comedian once where this lady was in the front row. She was drunk off her ass. 
and she got up to leave. And she just, was off her ass, yeah. Yeah, to go use the restroom or something. She left her purse and everything there. So the guy just started riffing on stuff in her purse, including oh, she left her Ooh. phone in there. Uh-oh. And I was like, man, that is just a fundamental error in judgment right there. That that feels like a violation. Yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. But she's not going to remember this. Neither was her friend that she was there with. And anything goes at a comedy show. I don't, yeah. Except for, of course, having your phone out or something. Yeah. Does that say it on your ticket, by the way? I've never checked that. Anything goes at a con. Yeah. Like on the back, it's like if you get hit by a hockey puck or yeah. a baseball, that's your well, responsibility. Yeah. 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 If you get yeah. zinged about your dad, that's yeah. on you. I don't know if it says it on ticket. there, but I do feel like if you're going, you kind of you're prepared yeah, that it we, might happen. Yeah, McGillicuddy versus New York Baseball Club 1969 is the what's on the back of our ticket for yeah. if we get hit by a baseball or a puck. <laughs> Something like that, yes. but but not in a comedy club situation. Oh, I think you're open to all. And it's actually a case. McGillicuddy <laughs> got hit by a ball at a Mets game. Bubba the Love Sponge <laughs> used to call random stuff McGillicuddy's. Yeah, by the way, oh. little radio. Yeah. It's kind of like Mike with yeah. Shlomo Glickstein, yeah. and then recently finding out that he's a real tennis player. Yeah. So. <laughs> I thought it was a fake name my whole life. I've heard it a zillion times, and then they heard Shlomo at the airport, and then I'm like, let me look up if there actually is a person named Shlomo Glickstein, and then I look it up. It's like, yep, played tennis in the 70s and early 80s. I stopped because I thought somehow for sure they were going to say Glickstein, and they're like Feldman. I was like, okay, well. Shlomo Feldman? Yeah. Gosh darn it. I thought it was Silverstein. Yeah, and so I just was like, I stopped. It felt like everything moved in slow motion because I thought they were going to say Glickstein. And I was going to be like, oh, my God, where's Mike? Where is Mike? Where is he? Yeah. I I really want Sauce Gardner, though, whenever he makes it to a Super Bowl, it's back in Vegas, and now he just can't play in the Super Bowl. (laughs) He's like, I'm not going back. I'm out, guys. All Vegas is a Super Bowl, please. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be going balls. back to Phoenix for that and everything. Whew, that was just mighty nice. Great <laughs> food everywhere. Plenty of hotel space. Entertainment. Not crowded. Legal. Felt like, felt like the security had a pretty good handle on things. You know, they're used to yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very chill, but uh, professional at the same time. The only thing they can't handle is rain. We yeah. learned that if it <laughs> yeah. rains in Las Vegas, they're like, I right, shut we're it flooding. down. Yeah. Their definition of flooded fascinates me to no end. Like, the car we took one day that I can't go through there, it's flooded. I was like, you can 100% easily drive through that area right there. And if you get swept away, you're just going from one parking garage to another parking garage. That's essentially yeah. what's happening. They're There's, us yeah. with ice. You're not ending yeah. up in an ocean. Know. I'm out. Yep. So I think the most interesting that. thing was that the homeless people live under the city in yeah, those we learned aqueducts. That. Yeah. They got a whole village down there. Oh. They do. What do they do? Last week, that, what they had to yeah, get, that's what they were saying. Is they, they have gotta, to go get them out? They the, police, call, like, the police have to go down there and get them out. Pest oh. control for homeless. Oh my gosh! Give them an alert. What do you guys got coming up on the program <laughs> today? They play the purge music. Oh, oh no! Pure gold as always. Thanks for asking, Heggy. Yes. We will have rat burgers. I don't know. That's from Demolition Man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we'll have John owning at four o'clock though, talking Cowboys. Okay, <laughs> looking game. forward to that. Roll home with the G-Bag Nation. We have been the KNC Masterpiece. Make your way back with us tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here on 105 Through the Fans. Same Mavs are the NBA champs this year. Okay, how are you going to feel in two weeks? Better.